Our lives intersect the lives of other people, groups, or even whole governments. What happens next is what I explore in this podcast. Welcome to Intersections. I'm Brett Dickerson, your host. On today's episode of Intersections, I'm talking to Matt Chandler, who is a software developer here in Oklahoma City. I got to know Matt by going to several different user groups here in the city that's sponsored by the Teklahoma Foundation. And uh, from that, I've, I've just gotten to know a bunch of different developers. It's, it's been my good fortune. And Matt is one of those guys. And um, uh, they're also women uh Developers, and if you want to hear from a woman's perspective on software development, uh, look up Catherine Lippert's episode that we did a few episodes back. Now, Matt, how long how long have you been a software developer? I have been doing this for nine years. Nine years. Nine years. Yeah, it'll be ten years this coming up May. Yeah, as a full time developer at least. So you were doing some development. Uh, well before that then yeah i started uh back in when i was in kind of middle school high school uh time frame just doing uh development at home i tried to start my own little web design business as i think most up-and-comers do and uh (laughs) learned a little bit about development and and website design then and yeah i didn't really decide to make it a career until until quite a bit later um were you a gamer uh not really no, you know a lot. Of, a lot of the, especially male software developers I talked to say that they they really became curious about code when they they were into they started getting into gaming, online gaming and things, my, and they went, "Hey, how do you do this? You know, how do you put this together?" So, my son is definitely uh, my oldest son is definitely that way. He's really? he's a gamer, and now they're getting into my both of them are getting into software development. <laughs> and they're interested in it at least. Right, right, yeah. I I just think. Um, I think I think younger kids now are much more comfortable with with any kind of different language than just the you know the language that their household speaks. Yeah. Even if it's computer language, um, kids are being taught multiple languages in school and things like that now, so they can kind of live in a larger world mm-hmm. uh, and not not be limited. Uh, do you find do you find your children are that way also? Yeah, they're they've really shown an interest in just. Uh, if I can get them off of their iPods and, and you know, <laughs> not with their headphones on watching YouTube videos and stuff. But, yeah, uh, yeah they, they're they uh, very interested in a wide array of things, including, you know, computers. A lot more technology than what I had, right. I had when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. What was the first computer you ever had? It was a Gateway 2000. This was about 95. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Right. Is, uh, uh, it was before I was into uh, too much of the uh, computer specs and right. uh, before I was building computers. But uh, yeah. that was our first family computer and, uh, yeah, dial-up and, and all that stuff. <laughs> dial-up, for people who, listeners who might not know, <laughs> dial-up connection was the only kind of connection um, for, a, for a long time. And it, it was just a way of connecting 
from one end of a regular phone line to the other end of a regular phone line. Yep. And uh, uh, and if someone wanted to make a phone call, yeah. Usually, well, unless you had two phone lines, you, <laughs> you know, you'd have to disconnect from the internet. Have to disconnect. Make a phone call. Make a phone call. Come back. Yeah, and it was just a regular old copper copper yep. wires and stuff like that. Yeah. So Matt, here's here's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about uh, code for OKC. Now, you and Catherine Lippert have, have been, we've already interviewed Catherine in an earlier episode. You and Catherine Lippert have been working on a, a project that, that is very much just a public service project. You're not getting paid for that. It's, it's what you do. Some people belong to the Rotary Club, the Kiwanis Club. This is, this is what the men and women of Code for OKC are doing for the public. Now, Correct. explain to us, what is Code for OKC and what are you guys doing with that? Yeah, so Code for OKC is a, um, is a coding group collective of, of developers and, mm-hmm. and other um, civic-minded people here in Oklahoma City that mm-hmm. try to work towards um, connecting residents with government through technology. Mm-hmm. Um, it all kind of started um, through Code for America, which is a national organization mm-hmm. that um, kind of one of our parent organizations that, that we work with. And uh, there's these what they call brigades um, <laughs> all across the nation. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we are. We're a Code for America brigade. Here in you're, Oklahoma the, City. you're the Oklahoma City brigade. We are. Yes. <laughs> um, what kind of projects does Code for America do? What do they do? So Code for America mostly focuses on choosing a um, set of cities every year that they then send um, fellows to. So they get a developer um, to work with a specific city. Usually it originates with the city. A city applies to become part of the fellowship program with Code for America. And then during, I think, the summer, for about three months, they work on that project with this, with that city. They go to that wow. city. They work with them to implement some type of project. Yeah. That's a core focus of what Code for America does, as well as supporting the brigade program across the nation, which right. includes, you know, sponsoring local brigades, mm-hmm. helping people connect, um, you know, get started and connect with their city government, as well as um, hosting hackathons um, <laughs> a couple times a year to right. really bring bring together a wider array of the community together yeah, in yeah. one spot yeah okay so so then code code for okc what what is your core project right now that you're so working on the main thing we're working on right now is something we're calling uh, open budget okc mm-hmm. which uh, we got the idea from oakland california um, they have a project called open budget oakland so uh, a um before i'll preface that with a uh a main thing that most brigades do is they open source whatever code they write so that other cities can adopt it and adapt it. Ah, good. Um, so that's what we did in this case. Uh, so we took. So it's ba- based on an open source concept, yes. which is, give us a little brief footnote so, here about what open source means yeah, for people so who might not know. Open source is, um, let's say I decide to write some code that, um, you know, in this case, uh, visualizes the budget. Uh, I would then upload that code to to somewhere with an open source license that says anyone can take this code and use it, um, modify it, distribute it however they want, depending yeah. on the open source license. Can't can't everybody do that with with all computer code anyway? 
Well, some code is proprietary. Yeah. Um, even like, though, like, like the code that you write for your company. You're, correct. You're paid to write the code. Yes. They consider that to be their edge over their competition, so you're not allowed to to disclose what you're working on there. Correct. Uh, things like that. So it belongs to them. Okay. Correct. Like like Microsoft, uh, their code belongs to them unless they decide to make some of it open source. And correct. Really, astonishingly, for somebody like me, I I started using using Windows when you had to command line into Windows from the DOS <laughs> from DOS. You know, uh, they've been totally proprietary the ho- the whole time, haven't they? I mean, it's like, yeah, this is our code. Belong, you know, you have to buy it from us. You have to buy these operating systems from us, so on and so forth. Yeah. But even even Windows has been moving more toward kind of helping some op, op, some open source projects. Microsoft has, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, from a company standpoint, they're yeah. they're a lot more open than right. they used to be. Yeah, open open source allows anybody to have access to it, and and it's that's meant to to help development move faster. Right? Is there some evidence that that certain kinds of code that, that it can be developed faster and deeper um, if it's open source where anybody can just jump in on it? I don't know about faster. Okay. Um, I don't have any data to back that up. Yeah. Uh, but it definitely allows more people to work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not restricted by region or mm-hmm. anything when you're working um, right. on open source, especially when it's on a on a centralized website. Right. You can work with anyone in the world yeah. on code. And, and usually the more eyes you have looking at code, the better quality it's going to be in the end. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a big part of it. Right, right. So so it's just like composing anything, whether you're composing an article uh, or an academic article for an academic journal or something, the more eyes on that going, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, what does this mean? And wait a minute, is that really what you want this to say or do? Is, it, is that kind of what goes on in the code development process yeah. also? You're really writing a language, aren't you? There. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you... It, there's a lot of um, there's and there's a lot of different things to do, so mm-hmm. that it helps with that as well. You know, I'm not a designer. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the people that are part of Code for OKC aren't designers. We're more yeah. we're more develop. We come from a development background. Yeah. So when we open source it, we can bring in other people that maybe are experts right. in different areas than we are, and all collaborate at once. So the strength of a, of a civic project like this being open source is that is that you know it in this little group going no this is ours we need to make money off of this uh it's it's just saying okay whoever has something good to contribute to this jump in join the conversation get on slack you guys have a slack channel right and and uh uh, sometimes you have face-to-face meetings. Sometimes you have just Slack channel meetings. Correct. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, sometimes uh, you know, as nice as it is to to use technology and uh, you know <laughs> the modern ways of chat and video conferencing, whatever it yeah, is, uh, yeah. to to talk and collaborate. Right. Uh, sometimes it's nice to you know be face-to-face with someone yeah. and talk something out. Uh, yeah. So we have monthly hack nights uh, uh-huh. where we meet in person in the evening, and then um, we're always online. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have like an org organized online uh, virtual hack night is what we call it, Yeah, um, where we just meet on Slack and uh, discuss 
and right. you know work out any issues that we know we're having. It's it's a time where we all kind of know we're going to be online at the same time because most of the time it's spread out throughout the days and weeks of, of when people actually have time to get online. You know, this is a it's a part. You know, this none of this is a, our full time jobs. So yeah. everyone has jobs and families and <laughs> friends and uh, everything that they need to right. do outside right. Of, right. outside of this. So you know, we're working with people's free time. And, yeah. Uh, sometimes that can be hard, but uh, uh-huh. it's been it's been successful so far. Why do why do people do that? Of course, uh, of course, I've I've found any kind of code writer, developer, designers, you're always hungry to learn something new. That's if I if I could characterize the developers I know um, more than anything else is that is that you know all of your very unique, highly unique people, very different personalities in a lot of ways. But what you share in common, and the reason why I enjoy kind of you know I wrote one story about you guys, and I just keep hanging around. I won't go away. <laughs> you know, why won't this guy go away? And he, you know, he's written his story. Um, is is that all of you have this this very deep curiosity uh, and you want to know more and and these user groups are where somebody people get up and share and go hey this is what I found out give me some input on this right yeah absolutely yeah. that that's been a uh, a core kind of trait I've seen in almost yeah. every developer is that they want to learn more yeah and want to uh, hear what other people are doing too which yeah. is you know why user groups are so popular um, here in the city more That's, than even some other larger cities in Oklahoma City we have a, a, a very active community of right. engaged yeah. developers yeah yeah we, well yeah I mean I, I go to three user groups I understand occasional things up there that I see going on I'm understanding more all the time because I'm going but um, I mean and that's just three groups. There are like a lot of other groups that that uh, uh, that that the fa- the foundation supports yeah. and things like that. Yeah, it's so. probably about twenty or so in total. <laughs> yeah. Um, very often in the in the movies, I think because it makes for a more dramatic script. Um, it's, especially in the earlier days, you know, the the lone hacker. You know, I'm thinking about the Matrix, the first Matrix movie, and like you know the you know Neo, who's a coder by day, and then he's got this this kind of attic room that's set up like a Faraday cage with the you know and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and he he steals information and sells it to these kind of underground people. So that that I I just haven't met that guy yet around. Well, they're and, still hiding. But, you know, the the bottom line is it's a very collaborative process. It is. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, I'm the the same way. I don't I don't really know any uh, developers who, you know, sit sit in a basement, (laughs) dark room and code and hack stuff. It's just. Yeah, uh, I'm sure they exist somewhere, but uh, right, yeah, right. We, we don't do. But with it, them. but it's more experimental, and certainly the core of code doesn't get written that way, does it? Correct. It, usually, the best code is is comes from a collaborative effort. Yeah. Is that is that just because more eyes and more brains are better than one? Is that absolutely? Yeah. I, I think so. Mm-hmm. I, um, that's why pair programming is such a um, kind of it's a. Widespread in the developer community is yeah. Is, what is, what is that? Tell us what. So that's where you is. have two people in front of you know one keyboard, one screen, uh, coding one program. So wow. you pass the keyboard back and forth. Right. Maybe one person's writing tests and the other person is actually implementing the code. Right. It, it depends on how you want to do it, but 
it's a it's a very uh, successful paradigm to develop software. Wow! And um, I think that kind of proves that more more than one brain is better than. Well, yeah, it sure does, uh, and that it, that really flies in the face of kind of popular kind of movie imagery of you know code code developers. It's yeah. it's really a very collaborative process. Yeah. Unless it? you're you know actually doing some black hat hacking where. <laughs> You don't want anyone else to be a part of it, and you know you need it yourself. And yeah, maybe so that's, if anybody goes to yeah. jail, it's just going to be one person, yeah. not a bunch of people. Yeah, um, so that that's that's kind of your world there. Now, uh, bring that world then to to code for OKC. What is it that you want to accomplish? Uh, well, let's let's just back up a minute. Uh, what what was it that that you first had to do? When you started going, okay, the public needs to know what's going on with our city budget, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a process that, in the end, what will be the outcome of your of your process? So it started with, um, and I don't know if anyone listening or you have have ever looked at the city budget, <laughs> but it's essentially released in a like a seven hundred page PDF every year mm-hmm. that details how everything is spent or how everything is planning on being spent. Right, um, and it, it's it's. Uh, a long read, yes. for one. It's it's hard to parse. It's hard to kind of go through, and it's not very uh, uh, you know data friendly. Right. You can't you can't write something against the numbers because the numbers right. are in a PDF. They're printed. It's, yeah. So the main goal was to say, all right, how can we take this data yeah. that's pretty valuable? It, it's the budget for the city. Yeah. And present it in a way that is simpler and to the point and mm-hmm. that residents can come on and see exactly what's going on without flipping through 700 pages. Right, which PDF. which nobody but some insane data nut is going to want to do, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so how did, how did the city respond when... When somebody had the idea of, hey, we want to make this user-friendly so people can look at look at your budget a lot more closely. Now, some people, before you give an answer, some people <laughs> would assume that the city would, that, that, you know, city staff would go, no, this is our data. You can't have it. No, you can't do this. What was their actual response? They were very open about it. Yeah. Um, we it, it all started with a an open records request yeah. that we sent, and I think that kind of opened you know raised some eyebrows of like <laughs> why are these people uh, requesting all this budget data? <laughs> uh, uh-huh. But and then it took, after that, we actually got in contact with uh, Doug Dowler, the budget director of the city, right. yeah. and he is uh, he got fully behind our project. I was I was in a meeting one night where he was there and spent the whole evening with you guys. Yeah, just absolutely, just He's, kind of roundhousing how. Yeah. He could do this, and he was, you know, he seemed like he was like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, we've had uh, like three or four people from the budget office come to our <laughs> hack nights, uh, yeah. uh-huh. and uh, they've been just a wealth of information because right. as developers, we are not uh, budget. Yeah, they don't have a whole lot of budget knowledge or accounting knowledge, and there's or a even lot of, city hall knowledge. You know, yeah, being, absolutely. Being in yeah. city hall, answering to a whole city full of people, that's a very unique. That's a very yeah. rare with all these people looking at you and answering to a whole city so yeah yeah so they've come and and really just uh given us answered every question we've had down to the just the dumbest questions wow. you know that, wow the common knowledge to them but it, it's really um right. helped us a lot in and um deciding what 
you know, how we want to visualize the data and what will be useful, you know, because there's a lot of numbers uh, yeah. that come in the data we get from them. And, and some of it's just not that meaningful. Right. You know, we need to sum it up a little more, yeah. you know, get bigger groups of yeah. of, of data to, to, to visualize. And, and they've helped a lot with that. Is it all money? Is it all like it's it's the budget part? Correct, yeah. It's, it, it's it, it revenue like and expenses. Cubic, cubic feet of water that flows between yeah, no. <laughs> one pump station and the other. Uh, yeah, okay. Sure, Which we could is, get that data if we wanted to. You could get that data, but that's a whole different thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's it's intended to help people see where their tax money is going. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, that that's the ultimate service. And we're still figuring out, you know, how what the best way is to to relay that information to right. all the residents. Yeah. But we have we have some good starter ways that that I think people will like. Where are you right now in that question about how best to deliver that? Somebody that just kind of Really, you know, Excel still confounds them some. Uh, that person who nevertheless wants to know how, how much money are we spending mowing yeah. every year or something like that, like mowing. I, w- I want to know. I'm kind of mad because I don't. I think the weeds are too high. How much money are we spending on mowing? You know, yeah. what would your what would your program end up doing? On that? So one of the main visualizations we have is, is what's called a tree map, which will take all of the kind of departments and agencies and split them up. Right. So we may have you know maintenance over okay. here. Here's the total maintenance, and right. then you can click on that and drill down into the different categories and maintenance. So right. here's how much they're spending on you know salaries and wages. Right. Here's how much they're spending on office supplies, right. or, or in the case of maintenance, equipment, right. and, and similar. So that's going to be the main um, visualization we have when we launch it. Yeah. And then from there, I think it'll it'll take a lot of feedback from the community of, right. well, like, you know, this doesn't, you know, we want something more searchable or we want something right. more detailed. Right. And we'll go from there and see what we can build out um, in addition to those to that visualization. Google has become so ubiquitous, we, we just take it for granted. Is is a search is a search capability a lot more complex than most of us assume just because Google's right there all the time. Yeah. Is it really hard to do a good search function? Uh, a Google search, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> they, you know, they spend uh, <laughs> what they millions do, yeah. and millions of dollars right, in, right. in engineering yeah. effort yeah. to put together Google but search. For but for instance, yeah. on, on your project, would would that be the hardest part of the project would be to set up a search function? Where if I wanted to know mowing, I, I just go in and search mowing or something like that. For us, the biggest, the biggest thing is going to be how does mowing, what does mowing actually relate to in the city budget? Right. Because yeah. it's probably not listed as mowing yeah where it comes from right um, yeah so you know figuring out those uh, relationships right will be yeah. um I, I don't want to say hard it won't be like google hard it'll <laughs> it'll be much easier because we're working with a yeah. finite data set All right that, that right. we you know we know the bounds of mm-hmm. but it'll be probably a collaboration of us and the city and right. saying right well can we get some more kind of um details or descriptions of what yeah. each of these uh you know budget whether it's like at the agency level yeah. or the department level what can we get some descriptions and uh I, I I don't think it would be hard, but we'll we'll definitely cross that bridge soon. Sounds complex to me, really. It, it's I've actually looked at the city budget yeah. before, and it is a crazy making thing. If you're not some 
like you know budget budget whiz like Doug Dowler is you yeah. know spend all of his adult life working with that kind of stuff yeah so. it uh it's proven to be more difficult than I think any of us thought it was going to wow. be uh, yeah. there's a saying you know for developers that uh we do this not because it's easy but because we thought it was going to be easy so <laughs> that's kind of what it's turned into uh we that's all right, man. it's taken us a uh, as with most software <laughs> projects uh, it's gone on quite the the um yeah. you know, our target date has keep getting pushed out more and more but uh we're, we're getting real close nothing is ever simple as it seems yeah, like on the front end is yeah. It? Yeah. nothing nothing we do driving across town yeah. isn't even as simple as it seems like it would be um <clears throat> so what did, what did you guys learn from oakland now Oakland has had that their project in place for a while. Yes. That that really kind of gives you guys kind of a little cheat ahead, doesn't it? You you kind of look at their stuff and go, okay, and maybe even contact them. What is what has code for Oakland? How have they helped you on that? They so they're well, they have quite a bit more people for Hawaii. Okay, right. So they they're able to undertake a lot more uh, projects than they're we are. About Oakland, California. Yes, right next to San Francisco, yep. down the road from Silicon Valley. Yeah. So yeah, and it's also where Code for America is headquartered. Oh, as well, okay. In, in San Francisco, so Oakland was actually one of the first brigades uh, to start. But they, um, you know. I, one of the things that, that we've learned from them is how important it is to work with the city. Um, right. They they actually have their hack nights at City Hall. Wow. And they have them once a week. Oh. So it's, you know, they have a lot more activity going on. But they've also, you know, we learned that you have to have that relationship with right. the city yeah. because that's where the knowledge is. Yeah. Um, and we need to be able to take that knowledge and right. mix and mix it up and, and visualize it how right. we see fit and how maybe residents yeah. will... Uh, be able to intake that information yeah. and uh-huh. make sense of it. Uh, so we learned that from them. They they have uh, a lot of people within the city that that worked on Open Budget Oakland with them. Uh, so the fact that we were able to get yeah. the budget office on board and the budget director to really give us a, a ton of information and help us out, and they've yeah. been such a tremendous help. I mean, we can email them at any time with a question. Uh, Doug's actually on our Slack channel. Like we can just <laughs> ping him and he'll just chat with us, answer questions. This is is the budget director for the city of Oklahoma yeah. City, and that's and, and he he's yeah. on board. And you know, I, I think I think that says a lot about about Oklahoma City government culture. I, I yeah. think a lot, doesn't it, to you? That, we we yeah. are more. Uh, I think we are farther ahead than most cities when yeah. it comes yeah. to um, how you can interact with them, right? And open data as well. You know, we Oklahoma City had an open data portal before Code for OKC even started. Yeah, that, um, and that most people didn't know about. I, yeah. We didn't even know about it until after we launched. Uh, but hopefully we can help, right. you know, get more data on there. Yeah. But there's some, some people in the city that have really um, started a lot of this work of, of trying to engage the community and, right. and open up data um, well before we even started. So right. we're just kind of, we're trying to take what they've started and just continue on. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's what's the timeline? Do you have any kind of timeline? When, when can somebody get on a Code for OKC site and start kind of looking around and seeing what you guys are doing. Yeah, so hopefully by the next month or two, we will have Open Budget OKC launched um, with some initial uh, okay. visualizations. Yeah. And right now we're waiting on some 2017 data yeah. that um, the budget just passed in July for 2017. We're waiting, waiting on some open data. Mm-hmm. 
we're waiting on some new data so that we can actually visualize the current budget and also compare last year's budget with the current budget. Right. So that's right. that's a big part of what we're trying to do. So hopefully by end of October we'll have something uh, able to uh, launch and we'll be we'll be on social media and our code for OKC Twitter handle and code for OKC.org and announcing okay. it there so hopefully okay so on Twitter we can find you at code for OKC code Correct. is it the number four code four or just code for for okay code for OKC yep. all right good and on do you have a Facebook page we do it's just facebook.com slash code for OKC code for OKC simple pretty much all our handles are code for OKC yeah, so that's written that, out. That's better. So okay. CodeforOKC.org is our website, right. and it links to all of those, as yeah. well as our um, GitHub, which is where all of the actual work's happening. Right. Um, so if someone wants to help contribute ideas or code mm-hmm. to, to Open Budget OKC, they can go on there and, and get the link to our GitHub. Right. Get, GitHub is. So where? GitHub is an open source, um, centralized open source hosting site right. where we can um, put, upload all of our code to there and okay. collaborate Good. on it in a central right. place. Good deal. Matt, thank you very much. Thank you and the women and men, other women and men of Code for OKC who are working really hard uh, to serve all of us in this city by creating more transparency in a city government that that I'm, I'm proud to say is, is pretty transparent to start with. So yeah. you guys are just kind of jumping on board with them. And so that's a testament to you, and it's a testament to the city as well. Well, thank you, Brett. That concludes our interview. There are several ways for you to catch this weekly podcast. Go to our website at intersectionsok.com, where you can subscribe, listen to episodes, read the backstory, and see photos of our guest. On iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and our Facebook page, we are Intersections Oklahoma. On Twitter and Instagram, we are Intersections OK. I always want to hear about the cool people in your life, so write to me. My email address is ideas at intersectionsok.com. Steven Tyler is our awesome production advisor, and I am your host, Brett Dickerson.